Anything new and fun to talk about? Hmm. New attacks, new strategies, new anything? I saw some good talks, but nothing like uh, for me, like, you know, like kind of like my uh, my sweet tooth for like the red team or some other like, you know, attack, uh, you know, offensive attack stuff. Uh, I didn't really see too much of that. There was a wild kind of variety of, of talks and some of them were pretty good. I, I, uh, one one uh, one person who now it's upsetting me that I'm forgetting his name right now did a whole talk about oh, what do you call it? Adding more than just uh your hobby is your job to your uh, resume, which was actually really good. Well, it was a whole talk about what he learned from uh, becoming a photographer and how that applies. It was good. So it was oh, a really good talk, but yeah, Josh, oh, Josh. That's right. Yep. That was a good talk. That was a good talk. No tech stuff. Uh, no, you weren't there. Were you? I was virtual. So I yeah. saw that talk you were talking about. It yeah, was good. Ryan. I also saw it a little called out. But... I tried to copy a link and said, I just copied text. Go figure. <laughs> You, you thought what? I was just trying to copy a link and I pasted it in the live chat channel on Discord. Oh, perfect. And it was oh, just no, the text. Not. It wasn't the okay. link. Noah, <laughs> so I'm laughing say? at myself because it's like, oh. I, I saw the one you were talking that you were talking about, that one there. And I felt kind of called out just a little bit, but that's okay. You felt Why? called out like it's personally <laughs> talking to you? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Like, hey, what do you mean uh, I can't have my job and my hobby be the same thing <laughs> and the only thing in my life? It was it was it was a good hook. It was a good hook. Uh, Ryan, what do you think was your favorite talk? You watched them all, every single one of them. Actually, <laughs> I actually haven't watched them all. I skimmed there. through them all. <laughs> Let's see. The ones that interested me though were the um, how do I say your name, Meryl, on social media. That one interested me. I did actually watch that one. And uh, I haven't watched Josh, uh, Josh's talk yet. It was good. Uh, uh, I do want to um, watch that one. I did watch Paul's talk because it was that? usually Paul Dixie, the opening, his opening keynote talk. Okay. Yep. Which I watched it after we got. Want to see my stupid face show up accidentally during the opening? <laughs> that's the one to watch. That's that the was one like my, where that was the highlight. It was the highlight the because that's where we we started the stream and one of our computers that uh, oddly enough was in charge of sending audio to to go to webinar it it uh, blue screen crashed and restarted and then tried to install updates classic <laughs> so, windows yeah pa- poor paul vixie had to tell motorcycle stories uh, while we waited oh, yeah, for the laptop right. yeah he was telling motorcycle stories <laughs> And as Did we were not- trying to swap in uh, John Bevers's laptop, he was trying to swap in his laptop to work in place. And while he was doing that, you know, we're trying to rush and, and things are happening. We're getting crazy. He runs out to go into the room for something and he accidentally knocks his laptop off the table. So it's like, hang in there. Somehow the webcam turned on. So you could see us pop up on the screen. And then you see me run over to grab the laptop, pick it up, and it's my big face <laughs> looking at the and laptop. I was very worried. It was just <laughs> Ryan's very worried face. And I'm like, I felt bad for you. But uh, Well, I was watching Paul's- this uh, this past week uh, was you know, breaking up all the videos because it's uh, each day is one long recording. So I was breaking them up into individual videos. And I was watching that over again. And I just, I'm laughing my ass off because I thought it was the funniest thing. <laughs> When will the, for those who couldn't partake, when will those uh, be out estimated? Months, weeks, years? Well, it depends. And I say that because oh, we, we do have a web page where all the videos are available and we could share that publicly, I guess, as it's already been shared by some people publicly. So you can get to that. It's a go to webinar page. I can grab the link for this chat because why not as far as getting on youtube though it's going to be a while before it gets on youtube because you need to to produce it yeah youtube is typically would get the more polished stuff for this link which i'll just share in the chat here the uh big chat public chat 
That's so uh, nice. This is all the raw videos, so they're they're broken out into individual videos, but they're they're not fancified. But that's they fine. haven't had your golden touch to them. Yeah, he hasn't put the special effects in yet. Yeah, <laughs> it's missing all the pyrotechnics and whatnot. Yeah, there's tons of pyrotechnics. It was nuts, man. The hotel was really <laughs> upset though. They thought it was going to burn down. So <laughs> I didn't see any of that. Yeah, well, that's because you haven't added it yet. <laughs> you have to edit it in. I've got to there yet. Welcome to Black Hills Information Security, talking about the news. I'm your host today, Ralph May. We uh, John is traveling uh, across the country. It's kind of what he does every week. But uh, we've got a great show for you guys today. We've got Noah here. We also got uh, Rob showing up. Uh, haven't seen Rob in a while. Welcome back. And uh, as always, we have Ryan in the background doing his uh, thing, keeping the, uh, the audio and streaming going and making us look pretty with pyrotechnics, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> Keeping the bikes flowing. <laughs> That's what I was hoping for. So I guess uh, let's get this rolling. We got a bunch of news stories to talk about. Some of them are like pretty short, like uh, a paragraph. I felt like I, I read a couple of those, but uh, some of them are still pretty good uh, as far as the, you know, even though they might be short. So which, which is Anyways. your favorite? Which do you want to start with? Oh, geez. You know what? Let's start off with that uh, Western Digital. All right. For everyone who didn't read about this, uh, Western Digital MyBook NAS devices are being remotely wiped clean worldwide. So what I thought was interesting about this is that uh, this kind of came out uh, last or weekend or this, this weekend or, or around that time. And um, what happened was is that these Western Digital MyBooks, they're, they're NASes. They're really just a, a hard drive that's plugged into the Internet. And you can remotely manage these. And I guess some users were realizing that their drives were getting wiped. And they thought that Western Digital had possibly been hacked, so on and so forth. And come to find out, there is a CVE. These, these devices haven't been patched and or updated, excuse me, in the last like, couple of years. And there was a CVE with remote code execution. I guess there was an attacker online finding all of them oh. via uh, UPnP or you know whatever it was to expose the port. And they were actually compromising these and remote wiping all of the hard drives. And uh, oh. Western Digital's response was, unplug them from the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have one of these things, take them offline. I would well, say- It probably already affected you if, that, if you did. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, all right. So the way the from from what we've got uh, information we have so far is that they were scanning the internet looking for these devices. If it came back, then they tried to either co you know compromise them and remote uh, wipe them. So you know if they didn't make it to your IP, you know depending on how much they were scanning or you know your device just didn't respond. So just because it's online doesn't necessarily mean it's probably exploitable. I'm pretty sure you'd have to have a port open so that it could communicate directly with the device, and that's not necessarily a guarantee. Well, Unless you have UPnP turned on. If you have UPnP turned off, though, you know. Then you might be that. okay. You might be okay. Details are a little still a little fuzzy here, but Western Digital is recommending you take them offline. But there is a CVE from 2018, which you have here pulled up, and there's actually remote code execution, um, and they haven't patched these in a while. So a couple things here. You, yeah, do you really need the RCE if, if you have the <laughs> default password? Like, seriously? Like, all you have to go is get on the interface and go delete? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But assuming you change the password or whatever, so. Um, is yeah. it an unauthenticated? being made here. Is it unauthenticated? I thought it was unauthenticated. I don't know, I could be wrong here. Can you well, scroll a little be? bit? Oh, scroll back up. Uh, you went right past it. The uh, description a little bit more, a little bit a little more, bit more. What this, like, this thing? This up. What are you looking at? Up, up, not down. What are you going to? Oh. There you go. Right there. Right there. there. IP address. Uh, I, I, it doesn't say. No, it doesn't say. I don't think it was authenticated Wonk. though. Uh, or what is it? Uh, I I think it was unauthenticated, right? I don't think that they knew okay. the password for the device, right? Like, I don't think it was just like admin. In the admin, article, everyone. it said default admin password. That's why I was asking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be. Either way, 
Why are I don't know you what the CBE putting your NAS is on the internet. It was just default credentials. That's not really a CBE. I'm sorry. Let's let's cut that well, one. Right. Uh, I mean, okay. So yes, there's a CVE. Let's say it's authenticated, but yeah. the NAS isn't supposed to necessarily give you a shell, right? Sure. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So even authenticated via the web interface, that you shouldn't get a shell out of that, right? So you still get a CVE, but like. Well, yeah, but I don't need a shell to probably go to like the web interface that says like format disk. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I thought it was kind of funny that, you know, not for the people who actually got their drives wiped, but kind of no. interesting, just someone scanning. Kind of a different uh, take on malicious. Uh, so, you're, so you're good with uh, or or. So you've learned your lesson about backups. You have backups on site. Now you have to learn your lesson about off-site backups. That's the second lesson. Yes, it's it's the tri it's the trifecta there. So uh, oh, man, I learned that the hard way a long time ago. Uh, yeah, a long time ago, I was dumb enough to overwrite my OS, which had my pictures directory, with a new operating system. And all of my pictures disappeared. And that's when I learned the hard way that um, <laughs> backups are important and offsite, especially since you're, you know, you're the one managing it, or maybe in this case you're not <laughs> deleting <laughs> deleting. CYA. All your stuff. Yeah. Cover your yeah. arse. Oh man, yeah, I've I... used I've used backup solutions a bunch just to greet. And there's a backup solution that you like, right, Ralph? There's a specific or I've got Backblaze. Um, yeah, so the one that I the one I really like for backup is uh, Backblaze or B two, uh, depending because B two is pretty much S three bucket, incredibly cheap. And I know that Backblaze is actually unlimited backup. A uh, great way to backup stuff with limits, though you can't backup a NAS. Yeah. Oh no, no, the, they know they know better. <laughs> like yeah. nothing's unlimited, but right? So they put limits if in it's place, a, yeah. uh, a USB three or Thunderbolt connected raid you can back up absolutely absolutely and some of the new ones now are doing uh immutable backups so that even if you were to get into like a ransomware scenario it, it doesn't affect those kind of backup files it, they're kind of right once and then they have like a a, a long cooldown period to remove them off and re it requires a much higher stringent level of authentication before you can remove those files Cool. Watch your backups, guys. Also, RSA's new new term: immutable backups. Immutable backups. That's all I've been hearing for like the last like five weeks since RSA yep. is immutable backups. Ransomware. Immutable Read backups. Read it. Love it. List it. I don't know. <laughs> Let's talk about the hackers using fake call centers to trick victims. So Ooh. this is ransomware, right? So. I actually, I've heard this one before, but I kind of wanted to bring it back up. This is a, a, ta a tactic that's being used in kind of the general gist of this is that I send a phishing email and I'll have something along the lines of, hey, your subscription has expired for this thing that you probably had at one point, or maybe you have now, but you don't want to continue paying. So like, you know, that introductory trial for Netflix or something like that. And then what they do is they put some phone number in here. Hey, call us and we'll cancel it. And then once they get you on the phone is when they actually go through the process of, you know, utilizing that to do ransomware or other, some kind of other compromise. It's a pretty common attack vector. And the, the big thing here to get is that they get you hooked, right? So they get you worried about having to pay for something continuously. But the other thing is they get you to call them, which is the big way that they continue the SE scenario. Once they get you on the phone, they can, you know, do a lot more social engineering to convince you that this is real and that they can help you, you know, get out of this and so on and so forth. So usually if you have to call someone, you should go look at the public number for whatever the company is and call them directly and not call them from, you know, a listing from an email. Um, so the company you worked for signed up for a free trial of Disney Plus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, yeah, they've given all that, all kinds of the that stuff out recently. So it's a believable ruse. I mean, yeah. And so th yeah, this is really common. Another one that this is, or this kind of same avenue, not necessarily the ruse itself, but this call center piece is actually a really, really common attack vector, especially for older population. They're easily convinced on this. 
about uh you know something and then this is also where a lot of these scams come from so they there's full call centers that are just running these scams getting you on the phone is really the the crucial piece of this in this particular case they're you know sending a document that has a macro and then they're doing some ransomware or something else to compromise your computer further so so um how do you stop something like this do you do you just tell people to call their the number directly because that's not always you know an instant win, right? Like that's, you know, people might forget to do that or, or just, you know, hit the number on an email and basically click the link to call. Right. So how, how do you, how do you know when you're in that situation? Yeah. I, I mean, I think there's a couple things you could do. So like first is just trying to validate that email address, right? Like it's not going to come from netflix.com. Yeah. I mean, that's an easy, quick, you know, look, right. It, just checking the email address to make sure it, it possibly is coming from the company to taking a step back and then maybe being like, well, I do have a Netflix account. I, log in there, see if that is still valid or, or what it is, right? Like think about the scenario that you're in. A lot of these times it's a phishing. So they don't technically know if you do or don't have these things. So sometimes it's going to land where you're just happen to be there and you're thinking quick and sometimes it's not. So just taking a step back to make sure that whatever company is asking you to do something that it makes sense in your scenario and that you can validate outside, like just logging into your account and seeing, hey, is this a trial expiring? Like when when is this happening? You know, and just going through that process. Anytime somebody wants you to call them to do something, that should probably be your red flag at this point. There, a lot of companies don't want you to actually call them. They want you to use their online system. They want you to use the automated whatever because that actually saves them money. So anytime you try to get a human on the phone immediately and they pick up, like red flags should really be going off in your head. That's kind of my take. They also want you to pay for the product and not just run on a free trial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't want you to cancel the free trial. Like, yeah. actually, that's a, that's a great point. Like, how many times you get those emails? It's not like they send you 10. Like, are you sure? Are you really sure? Just to let you know, we are I don't think going they send any. <laughs> None. Yes, exactly. I don't think they send any. It's right there in the, like, agreement when you when you sign up that, like, it yeah. will automatically renew. And probably Unless, says right there, and we will not contact you. Yeah. <laughs> it's opt out. Yes. Opt in. Yes. So okay. one of the things that I, I set up with my bank is a confirmation code, right? So normally they'll ask you for your phone password. Most banks will actually allow you to set up a confirmation code for them as well. So you can say, hey, my confirmation code is starry night or whatever, right? And so you, when you call them, you can say, um, please read off my confirmation code. And then they'll say back to you the word. And if they can't say it, they don't have access to the system or whatever, then you yeah. know it's not them, right? So adding that second factor essentially is always an option. And most people don't take advantage of it because they don't like offer it up and say, hey, this is here. It's a lot like your like security, a company, uh, like home security stuff, they'll they'll have a password or passphrase for you to say if you're in a situation versus not that kind of thing yeah yeah for sure no i mean those are definitely good things to use i know my bank has something like that where you have to you know say uh your code or use that something like yeah, that. yeah uh, you say your code but you can have them say a code as well Mm, okay yeah the other way the other way around usually i call mm. them though so i uh i had the number on my phone or whatever so I mean, still, thing. I want I want to make sure that they're. <laughs> I've basically you know, the human equivalent of server side authentication. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, there's, I mean, there are there are cases where you can take over phone numbers, right? Like even one eight hundred numbers, right? So I want to confirm that they are looking at my account. Then I have their password, their their uh, code sent sent to me. Well, we live in. Anyways. no one's who they say they are. Not on the phone, at least. Zero trust. Zero trust. Exactly. Another buzzword. Did you hear that, RSA? <laughs> mm. I could be a dog, and you think I'm a human. <laughs> hey, uh, if you're a dog and I think you're a human, you're doing a pretty good job as a dog. You're good. You're good. Yeah. All righty. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about the uh, old Dell uh, BIOS disconnect. The old Dell. Old Dell. I think it was this one. Yeah. 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 So 
for everyone who uh, might not know, Dell has got this thing called BIOS Connect. And it actually reminds me very much of how Mac OS works as far as its recovery OS. And the, the, the point of this is that if you have a corrupt hard drive or you need to recover your computer from the BIOS, as a, you know, like you don't have a disk, you can use this to connect in and actually recover your system or you know get a, the copy of Windows, so on and so forth. Well, I guess this Dell BIOS Connect suffered from multiple CVEs. And the two big ones here to kind of take away is one, there was a server-side server kind of a certificate, not request, but uh, authentication. Verification. Verification, yeah. So you could be, if you, in this attack, you would be the middleman and you could pretend to be Dell's uh, BIOS Connect. And then in addition to that, there was also three more CVEs that followed that, which were pretty much a buffer overflow vulnerability uh, with a, you know, uh, authenticated malicious actor can take from there. So a bunch of things there, but the this affected tons of systems. Uh, the The amount was a little staggering how many systems it affected. It was it is kind of a interesting attack in the sense that it you're this is most likely going to happen on an internal. So some already level of access, uh, most likely not over the internet, but possibly if you could convince somebody, but your system would typically not try to connect to that device. You would have to have some something in the middle to, to uh, you know, fake a DNS request. So is BIOS Connect always trying to connect or is it only during boot? Like what? Like, yeah, seems like that's a, a good... hard attack to take you know, advantage of. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that it possibly might do some intermittent, you know, connections in between there. But I mean, you got to realize that if you are successful in this, this is really low level. This is, you know, below the OS, right? Um, mm -hmm. So this could be BIOS level rootkit, so on and so forth. Now, how you would play out this attack or how successful it could be. I mean, there could be a, a couple more kind of stipulations in making this all work out as opposed to just like, hey, I found this on the Internet and I compromised it, right? I don't think it's that easy, but yeah. So yeah. this is part of uh, support assist. Like it plugs into the support yep. assist suite, and that support assist suite is pretty much always beaconing out to uh, its update servers, um, and also okay. its remote control servers. It. I did a lot of work with support assist in the past, and uh, honestly, it kind of scared me a little bit. I, I I'll, I'll just say I don't put support assist on any of my systems anymore after what I learned about it working it in the enterprise. There's still a lot that you have to do here. You have to you have to man in the middle. You have to have a UF, UEFI BIOS ready to go, right? To to inject into this thing. Unless there's unless you're only updating some other piece or some other code or something. If you're if you're doing a full BIOS update, sending a new BIOS update, it's gonna take you're going to have to code it pretty well. And then you also have the fact that UEFI verifies sign uh, signatures. So you have to have a valid code signing cert from one of the big companies, right? Like, it has to come from Microsoft, to my understanding. I mean, the biggest thing is, nah, the, is not the shim. Well, yeah, for secure boot, it needs to come from Microsoft. I think it said that this, really? okay. that this exploit bypassed uh, the secure boot, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you can bypass secure boot with just the shim. I mean, that was the whole boot hole thing and everything else. Mm -hmm. but. I'm just saying, like, it's cool, awesome research, huge lift. Of the, like, it, they make it sound super uh, crazy, sensitive, like, huge impact, right? But, like... Sure. How many people that you know, you and I know, can pull this off? Just... Yeah, I mean, not without three-letter agencies or countries in their name, right? Most likely that would be who would do something like this or take that and weaponize it for a very specific attack, right? But yeah, you're right. It's not a, this isn't one click. This isn't remote code execution on, you know, like I said, some public public interfaces they could do a showdown scan and find a bunch of ip addresses and then just you know go after it right and like western digital it. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah like that one that one that was it makes perfect sense right so that's that's how some of this stuff goes right finding the vulnerability and well you know i think it's funny it, you know if we take that step back uh rob when we think about that like 
in a more sophisticated attack, they might be like, oh, and then they use these three CVEs to take over BIOS Connect. And then they were able to take over this company. And then they did a supply chain attack and took over this other company. And so that was like the, the beginning of the whole process. And yeah. while I agree with you, definitely more difficult. It's still kind of part of the chain, right? Or could could have been part of a chain, right? A more advanced yeah. attack. I mean, I don't know if you've ever tried programming anything in UEFI, but I, I did... I was reading a book and I did a ping pong and it was super freaking hard, right? All I, or not ping pong, like pong. I, I did pong. And in just trying to imagine uh, an OS load and programming that to go along with any whatever malware you decide. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm just saying like it's... You, you would find pretty much any other attack than this one, right? <laughs> yeah, but... It does say, you know, you know, you get that persistence, right? If you get something yeah. solid, if you have a good C, you know, assembly yeah. programmer or whatever, if you can get well into this UFI space, you're you're there, right? You're not getting out. Like they have yeah. to, even if they rip the hard drive out, right? Right? No, yeah. no, the hard drive is UF on or UFI is on the hard drive. Never mind. Well, no, they would be on the BIOS, so they'd be putting it on the BIOS or in the firmware, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, you're there right. permanently. You're in there, dude. I mean, that's like that. I mean, there's a bunch of articles that came oh, out. That like, is the uh, BIOS. Never mind. I was I was confusing UEFI with BIOS. Man, you, you so not only do you have to update, like do crazy amounts of programming for BIOS stuff, you have to match the BIOS version, right? So right. every system has a different BIOS, right? Like like or ninety eight percent of the systems, right? So like. Well, you just pretend oh, to say you have, you've got a new version. Like, hey, there's an right. updated BIOS version. But how right. many systems I mean, have you built with like AmeriCore or whatever the one BIOS name? And then, you know, yeah. every single motherboard I've ever installed has a different type of BIOS or version. Like, I don't think I've ever updated a BIOS that wasn't very specific to that yeah. model. I'm just well, saying. This is like, also Dell's BIOS Connect. So, so and, you can limit it to mm, Dell, but... You can limit it to Dell, and then, in my experience, like if you have a Latitude series, it's a lot. If you buy it at a certain period of time, a lot of them will line up with that, and you can get the okay. time of purchase from the service tag, which is available from the uh, OS technically. And you have and to so do that say, at attack time. Yeah, I'm not saying okay. it's easy. I'm just saying, like, just, yeah, you you could do it. You have but... to have a large amount of BIOS versions ready to go to do this attack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no well, thanks. Be, That's a lot there, of coding. Yeah, a lot of recode or you know code sharing uh, inside of those BIOSes that you could just find your little spot inside there and then put it in all of them, right? But still, obviously, like you were saying, it's kind of it's not it's not necessarily all hypothetical. It's just hard to get there, right? It's hard to get into that position to to do this and quickly. And you, you're you most prob- people probably wouldn't use this to attack a ton of systems on the internet kind of thing. It would just be like a really specific targeted attack. So yeah, if you're doing this, if, you really want in there. You want if you're doing this as a red team, you're freaking negligent because this <laughs> is permanent, right? This is hard to handle and clean up. Uh, this is, this is toxic, toxic, uh, toxic. I'm just saying here. like there, there are some, uh, man, I could get on a tangent so easy right now. <laughs> there are some attacks that have been talked about recently that no red teamer should ever do. And I'm just, yeah. It's frustrating. All People right. put blog posts out there that like have all of these things and like do this and do this and do that. And it's just like, no, do you understand what you're saying and how hard it is to clean that up? There was a blog post the other day that said, hey, change this configuration in Active Directory. And everyone who can authenticate can have domain admin anytime they want and it's like oh my god no <laughs> yeah. sounds yeah, fun I yeah i get it now that you've overwritten, right. overwritten the firmware on your hard drive yeah. we are not going to include instructions on how to revert that right <laughs> so i got another article for us and i hate to bring this one up but it is ransomware oh boy oh boy oh, we had a rule about that yeah, no, so no ransomware. It's it's all we ever talk about. No, so this one actually it's uh do you do you see it? Right. Is that this yeah, one? so yeah, so by by the way, you don't even really need to read this article just just to 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 get this one little piece. All right, so eighty percent of orgs 
organizations that paid the ransomware were hit again. So, so they did a study. Yeah, exactly. So that this so in eighty percent of organizations that paid ransomware were hit a second attack, and almost half were hit by the same threat actors. So once they figured out that you would pay, guess what they did? Find the, another you know, hole. A yearly pen test, a yearly <laughs> ransomware engagement, right? So I, wait, I don't wait, know. Wait, this, wait, wait, wait! Criminals repeat their crimes? No. I know. I know. No. Wow. Revelation. It is a revelation, right? But, you know, this this one comes up to the big question whether you should be paying or not. And so, you know. Really? That's why. Yeah. Well, I mean, should you? You're you're the one putting it out there that because they repeat their stuff, you shouldn't pay. So tell me why. Tell me why you shouldn't pay. Yeah. If I'm getting my data back every time that I pay. (laughs) <laughs> and I get my operations going again. If they're, I mean, you know, you're just going to create a budget I, I, line item for this next year. Yes, a budget line item. Yeah, People exactly. Do. I mean, I see already for theft, right? Yeah, I, I, that's already a budget item in just, every single, in every single, um, uh, company plan. I forget what it's called. Uh, so what do you uh, think is cheaper? Business Paying plan? the ransomware? Uh, so I was going to say, what do you think is cheaper? Sorry to interrupt you. Paying the ransomware or making a better backup? Or like, you know, a, a faster restore process for your backups. Like, I, I'd... Show me where... I mean, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, but show me a, yeah, a fast backup restore process. No, Give me one. Not. And how, <laughs> no. how, do I, how, do I, how do I restore an application that requires three other applications to run? <sighs> Slowly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right so do i pay the money and have the you know the easy button unencrypt everything or do i i hold to my guns and say i'm not going to pay anymore because yeah right i so, mean so and then that, that that steps it back I'll, I'll take it one step take that step back one more time right and say mm-hmm. well then well, do I really need more security? Because I could just pay the ransomware and security costs money too, right? Like hiring people mm-hmm. to do security. So maybe I should just not hire them and just have a bigger ransomware budget. Like, I mean, like, you know, where do we draw the line there, right? You know, it's just something to think about. And I don't disagree with your points that you're just so, paying your way back to business. Yeah. So the difference is that we have to start finding better solutions to ransomware because backup and restore is not, not an easy one, not a in the fast paced world of IT and e-commerce and all of this stuff. Backups are great. Backups will save you in the end, but it is not a solution to ransomware. And we have to start working on solutions. And there are solutions out there. It's not just, you know, better backups. And that's what everyone totes, right? But yeah, we need we need to work on actual solutions to these things. That's true. That's true. It's not going anywhere. What the uh, the other thing was a uh, the FBI had reported a two hundred and twenty five percent increase in total losses from ransomware in twenty twenty. Of it's, course, uh, yeah. it's it's successful business model. It is successful business model. That is correct. All right. Well, we don't have to keep harping on ransomware, but <laughs> I just thought I would say what you obviously pointed out was obvious that they would keep going back for more because it's part of their business model to keep going back to paying customers, right? Exactly. Why would you not go back to a paying customer? Yeah, they're the best. They are the maybe, best. Maybe the next iteration will be a subscription service where you just pay once a year. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. of, of like $1.99. <laughs> you can keep a perpetual decryption key and we won't, we won't encrypt oh, you. Yeah. Don't give yeah. them ideas. <laughs> Or, or or it'll be like the mafia style where there'll just be like people guarding other people's turfs. Like, yeah, don't mess with these people. They pay me. What do you mine. think like, everyone wait. in security does? <laughs> like that's literally what we do for a living is no, get people no, no, to no, pay no. us money no, no, so because, that we can help protect them. No, no, we tell them what the vulnerabilities are, but we're not like sitting at the front gates or like yes, going and picking are. on other yes, other are. like ransomware companies or, or you know, ransomware operations. We're not hacking them because they hacked your like person that you're protecting, right? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, wouldn't it be a shame if this vulnerability got out? Yeah. Uh, wouldn't it be a shame? 
All right. Well, in other so news, can I, can I pull you back one second? Yep. So let's talk about real, real solutions to ransomware. Okay. What you got? Okay. So, and I got a long blog post about this. I'm writing, but let's let's talk about it from the point of view of the kill chain, right? So we obviously know recon's not an option here to stop. So the the next is that first infection, and that's that's really where I think that we can do better, right? And and Windows is already working on that, right? So Microsoft is getting more secure and more secure and more secure, right? And what we really need to do to stop ransomware is is work on the racing model, right? So if you haven't heard of racing, it's it's essentially defanging ransomware because what it does is it identify they uh, um, I forget his name off the top like Florian something. He identified the fact that ninety eight percent of ransomware tries to delete the volume shadow copies, and he denied the privilege of deleting shadow volume shadow copies and ransomware stopped working right because it couldn't delete the volume shadow copies it assumed that it was on like a vm or or some kind of you know protection thing so it stopped it stopped doing its thing it couldn't continue the programming was not well like good enough to say there was an error correction put into this link uh into this code so it stopped where it saw the uh, volume shadow copies were not able to be deleted and it didn't get ransomware Right. So so let's take that step back and say, okay, what other piece of ransomware can we make it stop doing its thing? And in ransomware, it it's very common for you to encrypt the file names, right? And if you encrypt file names, you tend to have default length encryptions. And so if I start seeing file names that are 16 characters and 32 characters or eight characters um, come across in a backup solution, for example, you can start like something active, something like Backblaze or our carbon um, uh, something, what is the uh, carbon copy or something. And all of these backup solutions, if you start seeing a file that was, you know, bob.text, go to 32 characters of random characters or 16 or whatever, Carbonite, thank you. And then you can stop it. You can say no more backups, make it immutable. It looks like the system's being ransomware. You can do this with Defender. You can do this with AV, other AV products. You can do this with EDR solutions. You can do this with OS query for God's sake. So stop them where they start encrypting file names. You can also stop them by not getting infected in the first place and and to do <laughs> no i'm serious i'm dead serious right like you can laugh about it but like how many people how many people in your organization need a full operating system they don't right we're going to this zero trust model where everyone's online everything's web-based very few actual applications need to be installed on your os they're all if they're you know if they are they're Everything's going app-based, right? Even Windows 11 has Android as apps that you can install because everything's going app-based. So God bless it all. Right. So <laughs> if we're if we're focusing on apps and, and web apps and stuff like that, why not switch our entire model for our company into a least into an, a siloed and least privileged operating system level where we can say, hey. You get a Chromebook, you get a tablet, you get whatever. Like here's your instead of just refreshing the, you know, the constant drawl of you know new Windows machine, new Windows machine every two years. Why not give them something that's fast, boots up, has a long battery life, and protects them against ransomware? I mean, like, yeah, like a Chromebook, right? Yeah, so I mean, I agree with you, the zero trust model. I mean, especially moving from more like a lot of the stuff we do, I'd say like 99% of the even stuff that I do is a, it's a lot of it's web-based, right? That's how we interact with everything. And, and even if it's not web-based, there's a there's an app for it. There's a yep. version of things for it, right? I can SSH sure. from a Chromebook. I can I'm like, yeah, I no, can do I mean, all the I, things that I need. 
Yeah, no, and I, I get your, I get your, you know, your take on just moving the data off of that piece, right? And then also just watching for it. I think the, we don't have a lot of solutions yet that really we're watching for these kinds of attacks. That's the other piece that we're gonna catch up on is saying, hey, volume shadow copy, hey, other things like that. Um, you know, hey, where is your data? The important stuff at. SMB shares, you know, and how that, how you access those and just being able to encrypt all of those or just being able to detect. There's a lot of products that are even trying to do this and they're not good yet at detecting that files are getting encrypted, that they have a hashed name now suddenly and lots of them, right? Like that should be like a red flag that comes up uh, in some kind of detection model. A lot of these systems were made 10, 15 years ago, file systems, so on and so forth. And so, you know, they weren't thinking about that when they made this so they don't have that stuff built in there so yeah but, but we we have some of these solutions now right and 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 stuff like putting chromebooks or, or tablets or like it doesn't have to be a chromebook it can be literally any other android based operating system um well, not ios why is it why is it or, be android or ios whatever <laughs> i'm just kidding man. i'm just messing with you dude like i don't care like Give them yeah. an OS that the attacker doesn't expect and you will buy yourself years. Like there's a reason why there's a reason why a remote code execution in Windows operating system went for five thousand dollars recently, and one in iOS goes for a million dollars. Like there's a reason for that. And we should get on board and understand that and start working with that instead of you know just paying for you know the next Dell Windows laptop. Yeah, I mean, you're taking a lot of Dell business away. Yeah, with a BIOS problem. <laughs> zero, zero trust. It's being a buzzword used right now. Uh, how would you guys define it? Anybody want to take that? I would define it as Beyond Corp. What Google first put out in their Beyond Corp paper in 2013-14 as a model where everything's single sign-on, including applications like SSH, SFTP, like any anything that you need to get to has Duo or some other MFA and single sign-on. Like you just automatically go there, everything you're needed for that, that validates the whole CIA triad and you can move on, right? And that's the great thing. You can be, you can see be the exact model that we told everyone to be against, right? Sitting in a coffee shop, on a publicly available system, you can save all of your stuff. You can even save your password onto a onto a shared system that the next person you have no idea who they are. That's the model we can need to get to. It's where that can happen, and nothing can be affected on your network. Yeah, there's a couple solutions to do this too. I know Cloudflare's got one right now to implement SSO on a lot of different uh, interfaces that typically wouldn't have them. It's also kind of a model to get away from VPNs as well, where you would just be like, I'm on the VPN, so I have access to everything. Yeah. Um, you know, this, this kind of takes a step back and be like, okay, well, no, you have to authenticate to everything. Like everything I'm going to decide whether you have access to that one thing or not, as opposed to just, I'm on a VPN so I can reach all of those things, right? Love of God, turn on your host base firewalls. Yeah, <laughs> serious. Yeah. Like I've been on that soapbox for years. Just turn yeah. them on. Like let them be. Like have like on Windows, your default domain policy should never be enabled. It should be public always. Yeah, but yeah, that's, that's what pretty I much like. zero. Yeah, Sorry. I was just gonna say that's pretty much where zero trust is right. Moving to that um to that model where we're authenticating on every asset that we try to access and th that actually gives you kind of a wider you can access it anywhere but you're always having to authenticate for that access yes and that way that way it's more instant right so i no longer have multiple authentication stores i have one and as soon as you leave yep. the company i remove you from the one yep. and that's it right and instead mm -hmm. of having you know 25 systems that i have to go through and reprovision mm -hmm. and do this and you know Yep, exactly, exactly. That's pretty much zero trust is. All right. Oh, what other things did we have for articles? I, I know I wanted to bring this one up. John McAfee died last week. He, I guess it was a parent suicide. He hung himself in jail. John McAfee, for everyone who doesn't know, it, he started um, McAfee Antivirus. I think later on in his years, he got pretty uh, into um, 
I would say conspiracy theorist, but you know, thinking everyone was after him, and uh, I guess he was going to be exported um, back to the U.S. for extradited. Extradited, that's right. Exported. <laughs> just like like exported. He's going to put it in a box and send. Gotcha. Yes, exactly. No, and I guess uh, apparently it's exported. Imported taxes. Yeah, imported. Yeah, uh, apparently uh, tax tax evasion, tax fraud. Yeah, that's what he was going to get extradited for but anyways i just thought i'd bring that up and yeah any any words about mcafee no always bad that a human passes away but not too shooken up about it <laughs> yeah he was uh he was an interesting character to say the least especially of the of the recent years so anyone else got any articles that they want to talk about we can talk oh, about it yeah, we... oh gosh Oh, what? this is a great one. Oh, uh, I hit this one yes. up really fast. This, this one is not a hack in any way, shape, or form, but with the heat waves uh, affecting the U.S. right now, it, it is kind of interesting. So I guess energy companies in Texas, I don't know why it's Texas, but it's definitely Texas, were <laughs> offering smart thermostats, let's say like Nest, and that part of the deal, and I'm not sure exactly what the deal was, but you get a free Nest thermostat or whatever with the energy company, but they can control the temperature in your house to alleviate the consumption on the grid during high usage times. Okay. And I guess some people didn't realize that and they wonder why it's really hot in their house because the electric company's turning down the AC or up the heat, however you want to look at that. So to save on the stress on the grid, kind of interesting, but Mm. like, I actually got a letter uh, in Iowa for the same thing. Where they were like, oh, well, we'll give you a new smart thermostat. And uh, you just have to like, you just have to link your Google account with this. Yeah. I'm like, oh, if, yeah, if I think the I'll... customer tries to override what the energy company did, does the energy company say, no, you can't do that and turn it back to where they want it? Or I, I, I was reading on that. You can change it back to whatever you want it to be. But there's no guarantee necessarily that they won't like they won't, change they won't it back there. in five minutes. They won't send another update. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that, you, I mean, can, I, you can go in there and overwrite it. That would tick me off if if I say no, no, I I want it back to this, and and the energy company says no, you you can't do. So all right, who's who's I think controlling there was like a time frame or something? At this point is it me or there's the like a time company? frame? Like if you change it, it'll be stay there for like you know so an hour or whatever, and then. And then it will uh, go back. Eventually, it will revert back, and then they will rehab that control thing. But JW, I, says I did also see some people were mad because disable. Well, but if you disable it, don't you lose the benefits? You must lose the the discount or whatever it is that they were giving you. Yeah, yeah they got to be offering have something to get you in it. Well, I I saw that some were saying there was an article about this that was similar, and uh, it was something to do with the sweepstakes. Like you would sign up for the sweepstakes, but you would also give them permission to use your your thermostat in the same time. Yeah, it wasn't like the guy installing our thermostat when we upgrade or upgraded our um, AC unit. He's like, okay, so we're gonna install this new internet connected thermostat. It's gonna be benefit. It's free. Don't worry about it. Like it's not an added cost or anything. I'm like, I want the old one. He's like, no, no, no. You know, like there's no hidden costs. Like I promise you, there's nothing. Like there's always a cost. We'll enter. We'll connect it to your internet for free. Like we'll get it all set up for free. It's not a big deal. It's it's the new new thing. I'm like, I want the old one. And he's like, No, no, no. You don't understand. Like this. Like we're not. We're. I'm. Just, I'm not going to lie to you. I can put it on paper. Like here's the con. Here's the update. I'm like, I want the old one. I don't <laughs> yeah. want. I, I don't want an internet connected IoT piece of stuff on my network. And he's like, That you don't have control of of. Obviously, that I don't have control over it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I'm, I'm okay just with turning the dial. That just boils down to two. I've I've heard it said before, and I just say it more. But if you're ever in a situation where you're not paying for a product, then you, you are, are product. the product. Absolutely, and, and don't forget that. Sometimes you're okay with that. I mean, that that yeah. goes for social media. That goes for new thermostats. Free smart thermostats. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> email. Email. That's another one, too. Mm-hmm. Email is not free. 
That, no, that, yeah, that. email costs a fair amount of money. Like I pay for my email that I use yep. because I want to retain my rights to that. But yeah, I mean, there's some pretty big email providers and just take a guess as to what they're doing with your email in the meantime. If it's not, if it's free, it's not really free. Oh man. That's funny too. Cause I have a, uh, I have a smart thermostat at my house. I have two of them, right? Uh, I have, uh, the Ecobees and I've had them for a while. Right. And I like them, but here's the funny thing about this. And this goes to your point. Since I work at home all the time, they're always just one temperature. So there, <laughs> I, I could, it, I, I don't even need <laughs> the thermostat. Yeah, I have a button that says on and off. Like it doesn't matter, right? Like, so I have some I IoT think, stuff, but it's connected to my local Home Assistant server. I, on I just a think separate it's VLAN with yeah. separate firewall rules. I like it. Yeah, I have a ton of IoT stuff in my house. I'm like anti anti security with my uh, IoT stuff that I have. You know, I do sep- supplement. You know, sec. It has its own Wi-Fi for just IoT that can do its own little thing, and they could all make like an IoT botnet or something. I don't know. IoT party, <laughs> yeah, like an IoT party botnet, and that'd be that'd be you know. China has a party at your house every day. They all start talking yeah, exactly. to each other someday. Yeah, but so yeah. Skyworm asked, would Kerberos be considered single sign-on? No, I mean yes. Technically, it is, but, <laughs> but no, you should not do it that way. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of its its purpose, but it's not. That's not what single sign on and the way we think of single sign on is, right? The this is problem. Problem with with Kerberos is I can take that Kerberos ticket anywhere I want, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have to stay connected to any network. I can. It's that's it's authentication in a bubble. Yeah, it's a, piece you, whereas, of, it's a piece of a bigger authentication model. And you can't revoke it. Yeah. So, yeah, not, not, the, not the same thing. Not the same thing we're talking about, like, with uh, Zero Trust. Yeah, yep. yeah, you can have expirations. Not the same thing as talking about the Zero Trust, where you're kind of, you know, having these time-locked, you know, events, and you're using some second uh, authentication provider, and you can set the rules and change the rules when you want, and set the timeouts when you want, and all this other fun stuff. And then the service on the other end has no idea what that is. They don't under it doesn't need to know how uh, Microsoft Authenticator works to be giving you access. So, I mean, SAML does kind of operate a lot like Kerberos. Oh, he's yes. he's, he's uh, going to just dive in here now. <laughs> Uh, SAML one did it operated a fair amount like Kerberos in that sense, but yep. SAML two's got a little bit of changes, but it's still kind of this general premise underneath. Yeah. All right, what were the last two links? All right. I... Mercedes. Oh. Yeah, so Mercedes Benz had a uh, data breach. What's what was interesting about this is that it affected a subset of customers. So I think it only affected like a thousand customers, and the data breach was from um, I think it was like 2017, 20, or the data was from 2017, 2018, 2014, 2017, 2014 to 2017. Uh, it affected about a thousand customers who possibly signed up to buy a car, submitted some. PII information, and I guess it was on a cloud provider that was vulnerable. When I say cloud provider, just probably some VM that they had up there from a long time ago, and or an know, S3 bucket, an S3 bucket. Like S3 bucket. We just call those cloud providers now. Yes, <laughs> yep. yeah, because they don't want to look bad. Because well, everyone say, "Oh, I had an open S3 bucket." Yeah, because it's, it's getting to the right. point that an open S3 bucket is a common thing. And yeah, so now we're just like, oh, no, it's my cloud provider. It, it's my sophisticated threat actor. <laughs> That's the new APT cloud provider? <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. There's probably an S3 bucket. And so um, I, I'm sure all thousand people are getting one year of identity protection. I don't know. Right? Yay. But, I think yeah, we yeah, all yeah. have identity protection for life at this point. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> it's like going to be like health insurance instead of, you know, like you need you. Sh- well, OK, you don't have to have health insurance, but I mean, that's risky. All right. So uh, just assuming, you know, it'd be like one of the things you always buy, like, oh, yeah, no, I always get identity protection. You never know. Uh, it'll be next week. It'll be leaked out there. So even though I'm not really sure how effective identity protection is, wasn't it the guy who had like the uh, the, the commercial company? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. He had the commercials about like it was like a life lock. He put his social his number social on social the number on the ads. And then he <laughs> lost his yes. identity. Yeah, and then they someone stole his identity coincidentally enough, which is uh I think you know, multiple people did. Yeah. <laughs> I think it wasn't a one time deal. I think multiple people took advantage of that. Uh I, I guess my point a, is it's just asking for that to happen. You're just challenging people to yeah, Which, right. Well, he blatantly I mean, yeah. was challenging people too, and everybody said, "Sure, <laughs> we'll do that." I bet you I can. Yeah, you put people up to a challenge, then you're all surprised when they meet it. You're like, "What? Yeah. No, it's never supposed to be possible." Yeah, <laughs> not so great a marketing ploy, now was it? Yeah, exactly. No, you're right. So it is just we have. I don't know if everybody um, read this one, but this one looked interesting about. Ferocious kittens. Ferocious kittens. I did not read this one. I think this is the only one I did not take a look at. Uh, Six years of covert surveillance in Iran. I, we were talking about what we would make our APT name, like just thinking yeah. about, you know. This is another one of those. Name. What an awesome name for. Oh yeah, and the enable content that that's actually great. Just you can't read something enable content, and if you ever see that, that's Danger Will Robinson mm -hmm. um, from July thirteen ninety nine. Mm, yeah, seems legit. I mean, didn't you back have email the back then? Yeah, back. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I I, I had Prodigy in thirteen ninety nine. That's where my email was. I do think it's kind of interesting. All of these APT groups as they like get or you know start to become successful in their like attacks and then getting getting the dissection and that's kind of what this is about like kind of what they were doing and like how that they were using this to kind of move through you know without and a lot of this stuff is already known it's just kind of like just watching someone's playbook or watching someone's like style of attack method and then can i say one thing sorry no, go ahead if you if you see HTTP requests going to anything.php, anything, anything.php at this point in like years, like it's bad. It's mm. almost certainly bad. Like there's very few, very, 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 very few websites that I go to. Oh, like, PHP. And I go to a ton of websites that actually still have .php at the end of it. Usually you get a slash or whatever, like they'll they'll mm -hmm. reverse proxy it. They'll have web APIs and all these little routes and stuff, right? 1% of 1% of the sites that I go to might have .php. And if you want any indicator of compromise, look for any requests to go to a PHP site. The, I like that. The kitten connection. There's a lot here. It's uh, Android. They, they were doing a lot of different things. Telegram. Oh, I mean, if you have six years to do something, you're you're bound to Wrong. do a little bit. Dig in pretty deep. <laughs> yeah, nation state, unlimited budget. Mm, you know. Telegram. Mm. I played a bit with Telegram. It's where all the it's like the new IRC of hackers. Except for it has like way more functionality than just messaging. Awesome. <laughs> yeah well that's you know obviously it's the better version right it's not like the rebirth of irc <laughs> i mean irc you did have all those the dfs shares or whatever like the old like d something file transfers and stuff mm -hmm. yeah all the good old irc days well like ftp yeah yeah for sure for sure um i think that's all we had for today that's a full show. We're over an hour. That is a full. Oh yeah, we we, we rocked it. Have you all guys right. have you guys talked about the certificate stuff at all? Any uh, anyone talked about the certificate stuff in the which one? Nothing. If you want a certificate, yeah. call us. We'll get you a certificate. Yeah. <laughs> you want a certificate like, after the end of this? We'll we'll get you guys certificates for watching this. No, I, mean, I know the that Active, Direct, <laughs> Active Directory certificate services. Yeah, yeah, the one with uh, Spectre Ops, uh, the Active Directory yeah. attack pass. You know, we ha we have I haven't talked about that, but we should probably talk about it in the next episode, oh, though. Man. Yeah. Oh, fine. Uh, uh, I haven't used it in an attack. Actually, I read the article and I was like, uh, they said they have more, but I feel like I know everything I need to know already. <laughs> I think we should. Let's talk about it next episode. We'll we'll okay. we'll dive into it. All right. Well, I think that's all we have for today. I really appreciate everybody 
riding along with our uh, news articles and uh, hanging out with us for the last hour. I just and, realized uh, I haven't been putting the links in the chat, but I'll have them all in the uh, oh gosh, you're the, the worst. description at the job. end here. I'll put them in. I'll put them in. One job. One yeah, job. That's, that's what happens when you go on two <laughs> weeks. Yeah, vacation. I was away for a week. I forgot uh, what I was doing. 